1: Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton.
0: Well, hello and welcome back to Together for Good. This show is being brought to you by the Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio as a part of our mission to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Baptist heritage by encouraging and funding health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. Through Together for Good, we connect our audience to the great work these organizations do in our community. Well, as many of our listeners know, the last few years have been extremely tough on kids navigating the public school system. The disruption of COVID shutdowns, the transition to and from online learning, economic stress on many families and the continued prevalence of school shootings have all been factors in raising children's stress levels in school. The adults they encounter at school are often also stressed and tired as teachers and administrators struggle to combat the learning loss from 2020 and 2021. So bringing calm and support to individuals during this time is critical. And today we're talking with an organization that excels in that area. We are so excited to welcome Chris Douglas and Susan Wetz to the show today. Chris has been the CEO of Communities and Schools of South Central Texas for the last 26 years and has been a practicing social worker with children and families for a total of 47 years. This work has been the highlight of her career. Susan has served as the Chief Program Officer for Communities and Schools for South Central Texas for 29 years. She started the campus-based program at an elementary school where she stayed for 12 years before moving into administration. Now she has the privilege of leading a team that supports 57 campuses across six school districts, serving over 45,000 students. Susan, where do you have time to sleep? (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Ladies, we are so grateful to have you all on together for good. Thanks for making the time to come over from New Braunfels, which is just right next door. But, you know, you do have to get on the road a little bit to get (laughs) over here. So, so thankful for your leadership, Chris, Susan, for what you all do. So thank
1: thank you. We're excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, Chris, let's start uh, with you as the leader of this organization. Why do children from disadvantaged homes so often struggle academically academically? Uh, I mean what factors are involved in this situation it's such a good question to get down to the
1: basis of you know what the issues are that kids we serve face um, many times when families are disadvantaged they're not able to give the time that other families can to their kids to teach them those things that, that are simple like when you're in the car what what light what does a green light mean what does a red light mean um, so the communication isn't happening as much and and so kids start from behind and then maybe their parents aren't able to or don't know how to help support their learning in school so they don't help them with homework or reading those kinds of things so that's where it starts
0: Mm -hmm. yeah sure does susan what are some of the programs that you guys use to combat those challenges and help a child achieve
2: So CIS uses a full program of wraparound supports to meet the needs of each of the students. So this model is so effective because we can tailor our services to meet the needs of individual students versus having say like a prescribed set of services. Um, With this flexible model, uh, along with having full-time professionals at the school all day, every day, this allows for building life-changing and trusting relationships, which is really the crux of why communities and schools works. Having the professional there all day, every day, plus being able to build those uh, trusting relationships is what really makes CIS work. The actual services that we provide are determined by the needs of the campus and the students that we're serving and can look like tutoring, mentoring, organizational skills, tools and supplies to complete homework or projects, empowering students to monitor their own academic progress and see the effects of their choices, whether positive or negative. So that real life experience there. Um, Individual and group services for supports for life skills, goal setting, teaching positive coping skills through mental health supports, attendance monitoring, academic support. We also really strive to allow our students to have an opportunity to give back to their community. It doesn't matter how much we have or how little we have, we can always give back in one way or another. And so it allows them a place to belong and
0: feel valued no Mm -hmm. matter what they have or what they don't have. Mm -hmm. Are there other parties involved in the services like parents or teachers or peers?
2: Absolutely. So as part of that holistic model, we really want to involve everybody that's in that child's life. Um, so involving the teachers and having a unified goal or set of goals for each of the students, but then also, too, the family and their friends. How can we support each other? What types of, of opportunities do they need to meet their individual goals? And so we want to involve everybody and, and have a cohesive effort.
0: Mm-hmm. Chris, your your six school districts, those are primarily Comau County and New Braunfels area? Comal. Guadalupe and Caldwell County. Caldwell. Okay. So three counties. Right. Okay. Right. Wow.
1: So yeah, it's widespread.
0: It is. I don't, no wonder there's 45,000 students. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so Chris, can a child come directly to CIS, uh, to a CIS representative for support or do they have to kind of be selected out?
1: Mm-hmm. What a great question. So what, that's the beauty of this program is that a teacher can be struggling with a student who's obviously going through something and they can say, honey, let me go call Miss Jones and see if she can see you right now. Or a child can just go down the hall and see that office that's welcoming and bright and a person who is there to answer questions or help them or kids tell each other, you know, Hey, I go see Miss Jones and you should go talk to her too. So they take their friends there so they don't have to have a referral. But if they do, the referral can come from anyone or even the child themselves. Yeah. It's a very easy process
0: in the school setting. That's good. That's good. Susan, I know you're kind of boots on the ground, the expert at this. What, what are some of the signs that therapists are using to identify uh, the children that are critical and need uh, of your services? So
2: like Chris was saying, the, the referrals can come from many different areas, but our counselors and site coordinators that are on the campuses are really looking for students who are struggling in any way. Uh, one of the really great things about our program is that there is no like socioeconomic barrier or status that a certain child has to be meeting a criteria to be able to participate. We know that um, a child of any socioeconomic level can need supports and And we strive to meet those. So um, as far as like our clinical program, we're looking for students that may be dealing with suicidal ideation, self-harming behaviors, severe anxiety, which we've seen a huge increase in since COVID. That's really taken a toll on students, even who weren't having issues prior to COVID. Yeah.
0: Listeners, if you've just joined us, you are listening to Together for Good. And this is a show being brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. I'm Cody Knowlton. And today I'm joined by Chris Douglas and Susan Wetz of Communities and Schools of South Central Texas. We're discussing the practical way CIS is helping struggling students thrive despite the difficulties of the last few years. Um, Susan, continuing off what you were just talking about, what would you say are some of the greatest stresses on children served by CIS? Is and why do you think that's the case?
2: So, as we know, with COVID, post-COVID, there's a lot of stressors that are going on with adults and with children, and um, our research is showing us that the great one of the greatest stressors is that just the family dynamics, just things that are going on in the home. Parents are experiencing stressors like never before. I mean, you look at the political climate, you look at the financial climate. Um, there are so many issues that are going on that parents are having to deal with and navigate. And then you add the children in there who maybe not be understanding everything that's going on in their world, but you know really still having to perform academically. And so um, it, it's just it's really difficult for them. And so we strive to give them positive coping skills to be able to help them with those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, we, all, we have social media. Um, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody, but people put social media out there and they put their best foot forward um, all the time. So sometimes it's difficult to remember that all is not as it seems in social media. Um, So we really strive to help our students understand that as well. And then there's also the pressure to succeed. We have students who are really... um, trying to be all that they can be all the time. And so they're putting themselves under constant stress and pressure. And sometimes we don't think about that as being an indicator that a student is struggling is when you have those really high performers, but we keep on our eye on those as well. And um, then again too, just making it known that these students and children of all ages can reach out for help. If you're not feeling okay, that is okay. Hmm. It is okay to not be okay and to be able to reach out for help. And so we are going to be that safe space where students can come in and relax in our offices or in our classrooms and just be able to take a load off and um, be able to regroup, let out whatever is going on, if they can verbalize that. Sometimes they just play games and kind of recenter themselves and then go back into the classroom. So... Just a variety of different issues.
0: Yeah. Boy, those are great, great things y'all do. Thank wow, that, that that is awesome, Chris. Uh, on our show here, we often talk about helping adults while also recognizing their dignity and sense of self-reliance. So, how does that translate to children? I mean, are they more willing to accept assistance?
1: It's such an interesting question. Um, I would say some are, but I would say most are really more like adults and um, feeling like you know they shouldn't have to reach out for help. I think the peers help them to feel more comfortable. Um, the other thing is that I think kids these days are feeling more and more isolated and they don't really have a peer group to be a part of and so in communities and schools we can give them that peer group and they learn to meet other kids who are going through the same things they have many of them through trauma and we know that trauma stays with you until you can learn how to get past that and so that's some of the things that we do so, and we also help the parents so that if the parents you know, need some assistance we are there to help them they see us as a resource as well. So um, working with those kids all the way through high school and even after high school, it gives us the opportunity for them to trust us and want to be a part of what CIS is
0: providing. Yeah, Uh, I've always heard that boys are, are more likely not to say anything because, you know, you got to be a man, you know, don't don't share your feelings. You know, you know, girls, on the other hand, are, are, are different. And, yeah. uh, do you find that to be the case?
1: I think it's it could be either way. Really, um, I think boys are much more careful about letting anything out. But once they realize that someone truly cares about them and it is a safe space, which is what we try to create,
0: then they, too, are wanting to get the help they need. Oh, that's great. Susan, what factors do you think make mental health services, uh, in particular, out of reach for many children and even young adults? So um,
2: because of the high increase in the level of need, There is really a lack of providers in in our especially our more rural communities um, for young adults and children and their inability to access the care that is available. So whether that's, you know, mom and dad are working, um, they can't take off work to be able to take their child um, to a service provider in the community. Or they, maybe they can't afford it, their insurance doesn't cover it as much, um, or maybe even they don't believe in mental health supports, mm. you, you know, are all barriers that we've seen that are pretty common in our area.
0: Yeah, yeah, not surprised. Chris, after graduation, um, which is a happy time, you know, what what kinds of services do you guys offer to young adults, those those recent graduates, and, you know, how do you determine that these young people, you know, are going to continue to remain at risk?
1: Yeah, good question. So, you know, years ago, we've been doing this for a while. Susan and I both have. And, you know, in the beginning, we always just thought, okay, graduation, that's the key. Let's just get them there, and it's great. And then we would see them in the community and realize – Nothing had changed in their lives. Their lives were still pretty upside down. And so they needed our help still. And so what we came to understand for ourselves was that we already had people in the schools who they trusted. We just needed to equip them with the tools to help those kids do something after high school. So really about 15 years ago, we started our program that we call Project Success. And what we do is we help kids understand all of these paths out here are open to you no one can tell you that you cannot do these whether it's military whether it's a career whether it's college or trade school or technical school how can we help you identify what's right for you and then help them if they decided they wanted to do that to get college scholarships and to understand the fafsa and you know if you are living in a home that lives under the poverty line are you aware that texas state and other state colleges provide you with scholarships I mean and so we walk them through that process we don't do it for them we are there to help them and answer questions we have a program in the summer called college boot camp or life boot camp and they're there with other kids from other high schools who are also going through the same thing and they learn to support each other and we teach them how to get along with people that you've never known and how to trust and how to communicate and all of those tools that we know are so successful in work or in school so so those are the things that we continue to be to provide. And it's amazing to see what they can accomplish. Our alumni have stayed in touch with us. We now have alumni who are married and have children. They're successful. And they also come back and volunteer to help our young high school kids so that they can see an example of what they might have been when they were young. So it's just a, the most powerful, powerful um, tool to be able to have our alumni helping the younger ones.
0: I'm so glad to hear- Hear y'all do that. I mean, the door doesn't close after you graduate, no, and uh, I'm so glad you've got an eye on them even yeah. after they depart. So, Definitely. So, man, that, that's wonderful. Yeah. Folks, if you're just now joining us, this is Together for Good, hosted by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio, and I'm here today uh, with Chris Douglas and Susan Wetz of Communities and Schools of South Central Texas, and we're having a wonderful discussion about all that they do. Uh, Chris, do you have some success stories? I know you're you're itching to just tell me. <laughs> about these success stories. So tell us the, the good that's happening.
1: This is my favorite part, I have to <laughs> say. So I, it's hard to pick one, but I have one just right on the tip of my tongue. Um, we actually began working with a young lady when she was in fourth grade. And she would come into the office and just, you could tell that she just needed a place to feel safe and listened to and heard. And she didn't ever really express what was going on in her home, but it was clear that she needed things like school supplies, and basic needs like shoes and socks and things like that. But mostly she just needed a place to feel comforted and cared for. And as she got older into middle school, she still was in CIS in her new school. And um, there were a lot of issues that were going on with Um, feeling depressed and anxious. And what was what came out at that time was that her parents were drug dealers and that they were very paranoid about other people um, finding out who they were or where they were. So the homes they lived in had all the windows boarded up and she would talk about drawing, you know, pictures on the inside of that wood. That was her view of the outside. So you can tell coming from a situation like that, it, it was really hard for her to trust, but she had known about trusting CIS from an early age. And so she did. As she got into high school, um, the issues became more around having a safe place to live because her parents were um, not really together and it was very scary. And so CIS helped her find a place in a homeless shelter so that she could stay there until she graduated high school. And we have stayed in touch with her. She has volunteered for us many times. But I can tell you that the most amazing thing is she will graduate in December with her bachelor's degree in social work, Excellent. and she wants to come and work for communities and schools so that she can help other kids just like her. And her goal is to get her master's degree at some point. So, wow, what? that's a
0: story of success. <laughs> you could tell that one every day. <laughs> I could. Yes. Well, that's awesome. That is that's just awesome. She's amazing. Mm. She's amazing. Well, I know you guys are primarily in a three-county area, but there is a national component. To your organization. Can, can you tell us about that?
1: Sure. The National Communities and Schools started about 45 years ago, and um, it is actually in 22 states acro- right now, and they have a framework that every communities and schools has to follow, but all of us do our own thing to meet the needs of our own communities, and um, they're, they're very supportive. Um, we don't pay dues, so all of the money donated to us stays in our local communities, but they help provide uh, kind of a way for us to communicate with each other and share supports so yes it's very helpful
0: yeah can the community volunteer uh oh yes if you want to know
1: how you can help us Mm -hmm. so we need volunteers Um, one of the programs we provide is mentoring and so we've mentioned the fact that many kids don't have adults at home who listen to them can you even imagine a child who doesn't have an adult to give them Two minutes a day to listen. What a gift. But our mentors can provide that for our students. And believe me, our mentors tell us you get more out of this than you put into it. So if you can give as much as 30 minutes a a week to come and mentor a specific child, you will get more out of it than you can imagine. Um, And in addition, we also partner with churches and civic groups to give us food weekly so that we can do backpack feeding Mm -hmm. and send backpacks full of food home. Home. Um, and that is a huge need. Our food bank in the the New Braunfels area cannot keep up with the needs that we have. So by getting community partners to come in and give us those food, we can send those you know, unauspicious backpacks home with the kids, and nobody has to know what's in there. But they then have food for the weekend, and that makes us feel better. So yeah, yeah lots of ways you can help. Help us with our um, thrift store. We actually have a thrift store in New Braunfels, and we're needing volunteers there really badly. And 100% of the profits from that store go back to communities and
0: schools. Okay. So how can someone reach out to you to volunteer? Okay. Your website or phone number? What's best?
1: Website is probably mm. the easiest to tell. Okay. Um, it's www.cis-csct.org. Um, and if that's too tough, look for us on Facebook. We, we do lots of Facebook posts. You can reply immediately and we'll get right back with you.
0: Okay. Again, you said cis sctorg dot org. Yes. Okay. Okay. Awesome, Susan. I'm curious uh, the impact CIS has on the teachers and on the the staff there. Talk about that component as y'all are in the schools and as we've stated at the very beginning. Sometimes the teachers are in just as much need as the kids.
2: Absolutely, um, especially in this day and time I know I keep saying that but it is so so true Uh, they have a lot of stressors that are on them and so being able to partner with the teachers our main goal is to remove all of the issues stress whatnot, if you will, that that child is bringing to school. I say that what's going on at home or what's going on with them outside of school comes to school with them in their backpack, and it affects them every single day. So our partnership with the school districts and with the teachers are to help mitigate or teach them positive coping skills to those stressors so that they can focus and be prepared to learn when they enter that classroom. Mm. So we are in constant communication not only with the teachers but with the counselors our staff are really integral parts of of all the campus environment that they're working in. So they're seen as one of the faculty, they're taken into that family, and they're just another resource for all of those uh, individuals. And more often than not, our offices are very welcoming, the lighting is different, the smells are different, we have aromatherapy going on, we have soft music going on, and uh, I bet you many, many times during the day, the teachers and administrators will come in there to just kind of like breathe and take a couple of minutes just to recenter themselves. And I remember this particular story. I was at one of our high schools visiting the staff over there, and and one of the assistant principals came in. He had just finished his lunch duty time in the cafeteria, and he came and he sat down in one of those big papasan chairs, sat down, and he just kind of just took some moments to himself and he just kind of closed his eyes and did some deep breathing. I looked over at our site coordinator and she was like, he does this every day. It's okay. We can keep on talking. (laughs) So we continued our little meeting. He just sat there for a couple of minutes and then he got up and walked out. It was just an opportunity to recenter himself. So (laughs) so cute. So it's it's a tool for everyone mm. you know what's also
1: amazing is that a lot of research has been done on communities and school services and we have been found to be the most effective dropout prevention program in America and I um, As a result, one of the side effects that was seen in the research was that teacher retention is higher at schools that have communities and schools. Not every school has it, but teachers feel supported and cared about and know that they're not alone dealing with the issues that kids bring into the classroom. So really a
0: teamwork approach has been really helpful. That's right. Well, Chris, Susan, thank y'all for being with us today. Our time has just slipped right by because it's been so engaging and so fun. And we're just so grateful for what y'all do. We can't say thanks enough for communities and schools in South Central Texas and communities and schools nationwide. I mean, what a great organization that is doing just wonderful work. So I'd love to close us in a word of prayer today to just send you guys off with a blessing and know that we're praying for you daily at the Baptist Health Foundation. And we're just so grateful for what the Lord's doing through you. So let me offer a word of prayer prayer thank you dear heavenly father we thank you for this day thank you for our schools uh, our our students our teachers principals uh, superintendents for the daily education that goes on in our communities and Lord we are so grateful that communities and schools comes alongside schools and districts to help uh to to understand to to give and to support and encourage and so we're just grateful for this organization we pray for it as it goes forward we just pray for Chris as she leads and Susan as she guides and we just pray for this great organization that they'll continue to get the funds they need as funding is challenging right now get the volunteers they need and mentors and so we We just pray for their work. Pray to be blessed. Just go with us from this place, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen man well thanks again y'all for for joining us and uh, it's encouraging and powerful to know that students who are having a rough time can find a safe harbor in CIS so we're grateful for that and listeners we're always grateful you join us hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard today uh, that's going on in our community Uh, as always you can catch our episodes anywhere you get your podcasts or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio's website bhfsa.org forward slash together for good we'll be back next week with another great conversation About Health Matters and the work of our nonprofits in our area. May God bless and keep you.
1: Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you.
2: And in all things, to God be the glory.